It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 16th of April. A rewatch tells good and bad. We'll talk about it as the Jazz continue to get ready in Houston for game number two. Plus, what happened after I fell asleep? We'll talk about it coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, a look at all things involving the Utah Jazz. I'm the radio voice of the team, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. If you're new to the program, we give you about 25 to 30 minutes every single day going on in the Jazz and the podcast network as a whole has a, something for every NBA team and NFL team. I've had a great time catching up on the reaction to every game and everything. In fact, this morning when I woke up, I didn't know that the Warriors had lost until my phone notified me. Went straight to Locked on NBA. Wes Goldberg and Ben Golliver did a great recap of what happened and why and the implications of it all uh, on the Warriors' loss last night. So uh, got that. You can get this show or all of our Locked on podcasts on the Himalaya app. It's a brand-new app in a wild world of podcasting. It's great to have their search engines, creative, different look at things. Check it out, the Himalaya app, and download Locked on Jazz. Also... Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and tell your smart device when you get in the car to play podcast. Locked on Jazz. Um, so, a bunch of things. We'll talk about that Warrior Clipper game. Got some thoughts on that from, uh, and then I did want go back and rewatch just now. That's why I'm a little later with the show. Um, there is, uh, from a jazz standpoint, um, there's a, there's a lot to look into, but I want to go to one, sequence of the game. Uh, I want to walk through one sequence of the game. This is this is maybe the good news portion of the show today. Um, let's go to the third quarter. The Jazz come out. They get some early offense. Uh, they they cut it to to sixty six to sixty one. With 7.57 left. And they're playing pretty well. Um, they, um, so they cut it to 66-61. They allow an offensive rebound. And Capella gets a dunk to make it 68-61. So the, and, and what happens here is I, I don't feel like the Jazz have mastered the Rockets in any way, shape, or form at this point. The offense is still struggling. Donovan's not going. We're not shooting it particularly well. There's nothing really going right for the Jazz. They've gotten some early offense on the Rockets early in the third. You could be a little concerned that maybe that's just predicated. They didn't come out as focused as they needed to to open the third. Um, I'm not certain on that. Um, you know, there's no way to know. But we, 
we Donovan hits a pull-up jumper in the middle of the lane, and we, we've cut it to five, right? So we're not playing great. We've cut it to five. They do have the ball, which makes it a bigger deficit. Um, Tucker misses a three from straight away. We defend well, but Harden gets the offensive rebound. Rubio fouls Harden, and then they come out on on the out-of-bounds play, and Gobert, I think, did the right thing. Doubles Harden off the... The Rockets are interesting, by the way. If they inbound on the right side, the play is for Harden coming with his left hand to the middle. And if the Rockets inbound on the left side, the play is for Chris Paul coming to his right hand in the middle. It's the same play each time. It is... And they are the number one team in the NBA out of timeouts. Like, I once asked Mike D'Antoni about why they're so good out of timeouts. He's like, I give it to James. And to some extent, he's right. Their sideline out of bounds are number one in the NBA, and they run the exact same play. If it's on the left side of the floor, it's Chris Paul coming with the right hand. If it's on the right side of the floor, it's James Harden coming with the left hand. I, I, I just watched the game. It's the same play every time. Just depends who gets it. So they run that. It ends up with a Capella dunk. Now we're down seven, seven minutes left in the third, and Donovan rips a pass over to Rubio that I think he should have caught, but Donovan gets credit for the turnover. It goes off his hands. We're rushed. We It seems to me we're a little rushed here. Harden misses a three, tries a step back um, on the three. Ingles gets a foul call on Harden. It's his fourth. They keep him in the game. Donovan tries to drive and misses um, on a shot. And I'll show on my Twitter account, Donovan has no room. When Donovan drives the basket, there are four guys waiting for him every time. And Donovan's not the greatest passer out of traffic. I don't know. That's going to be a huge part of this. There is no mechanism by which we can get Donovan more space. Because they're not worried about Jay and they're not worried about Ricky. That's why I keep saying I think their open threes are going to be the key to the series. And you'll see in the sequence that they are. But they're, they're guarding, Donovan's driving into four guys. I'll go to Locked On Sports on my, uh, Twitter account and you'll see it later today. Uh, I will, I will have that posted. Okay, so now um, we turn over by Harden. We do a nice job on that. We come back down. Gobert uh, ends up out of bounds on a turnover. Sorry, I just lost my spot. Um, we get a nice Chris Paul misses. So it's still 68-61. There's six minutes left. The game's kind of becoming our type of game. Um, Rubio gets, we have a decent offense possession. Rubio gets an open three and misses. Chris Paul does the da- incredible dance that has Gobert diving out to him. They end up on the ground, miss shot, rebound, offensive rebound, kick back out, Eric Gordon for three. We're now down 10, just like that. Right? So we suddenly go from within five, Throw the ball off Rubio's hands. They get a dunk. It's now if Donovan misses a shot. Gobert has a turnover. I'm trying to remember that Gobert turnover. It's not coming back to me quite the 
Um, I have all my notes here. Um, but of course I don't necessarily can't read my handwriting, right? That's how it works. Like I wrote down, I rewatched every play and then have the handwriting for, it, and then of course the handwriting so bad. I have the luxury. I should be able to go through the NBA.com box score here and just find, remind myself what that turnover is by playing it really quickly. You will hear it. Um, let's see if they, uh, bad pass turnover, it says. Let's see. Oh, I know what this is. Never mind. I got it. Uh, so, uh, Hart, it's 68-61. Capella's had the dunk. Donovan throws the pass to Rubio. Donovan misses the floater. We're still in this. We get a great, Rubio makes a great play, gets a steal, and Gobert, rushing again, we're back to the rushing, throws a bad outlet pass, some of you out there probably remembered, that goes off of Rubio's hand, trying to save it to Donovan. Donovan ends up spilling Kevin McHale's drink. Um, so we've just, we got it to set, we got to five, we got to set six, no, it's five, 66, 61. They run a great out of bounds play. You're not going to get all turnover, miss shot, rush turnover. We're playing good defense. Chris Paul misses. Rubio gets an open look, misses. And now you're down 10 because Gordon, we miss an offensive rebound and Gordon gets the three. Jay Crowder's got a rebound. Because Rudy's got a lot of things to do. And Jay Crowder has one of the lowest rebounding rates of a four in the NBA. It's one of the lowest three-point shooting rates and one of the lowest rebounding rates. He's got to do these two things he hasn't done particularly well. Tavo's a far better rebounder than Jay Crowder. So Gordon hits the three. Then we throw another pass. This time Faves doesn't catch it and goes out of bounds. You cannot have sequences like this against the Houston Rockets offense. You just can't. You're not going to slow down the Rockets' offense enough to have a sequence like this. Bunch of substitutions. Harden misses a step back three. We're playing well. We get it out. Rubio wide open three. Misses. Harden layup. We're down by 12. Plus a foul. 13. We come out of it. Wide open three for Jay Crowder. Misses. And... That's it. I mean, really, we're now down 13 with 4.30 left. That's the sequence of the game to me. We weren't playing well. It was the first playoff game. A bunch of our guys hadn't played in a long time. We didn't have a rhythm. We got ourselves back into the game. 66-61 on a pull-up with 7.57 left. Harden misses. We commit a foul on the rebound, so we don't get the rebound. That's a big deal. Then they get, because we don't get the rebound, so we make one mistake, we don't get the rebound. They they get an extra opportunity and they score off their best inbound play in the league. Mitchell throws a pass that Rubio doesn't catch. Somebody's fault. They were rushing. I don't care whose. Second mistake. Harden misses a three. We're playing great. Doing a good job. Donovan misses a floater. I don't give a crap. We miss shots. We come back down the other way. Rubio's got a steal, and Gobert panics and throws a terrible outlet pass that goes off people's hands and out of bounds. So we're rushing. Okay, there's three mistakes. Chris Paul misses. We're still okay. Rubio misses a wide-open shot. We only make, you know, I've given you the numbers on the wide-open shots. It's not good. Um, it's not a mistake. It's just there's a difference between a mistake and, making, and not making a shot. Um, the problem for us is that those shots have got to go. 
right? I mean, that to me is the series, is this above-the-break three-point shooting, wide-open shooting, um, that that our guys have got to make. Um, and we have not been making wide-open threes. Um, I just found out that a bunch of my millions of notes that I saved did not get saved. That is just going to... I could start crying right now. A huge amount of my work that I have put in on the Jazz this year on the, for the playoffs did not get saved. Oh, beep. Are you beeping kidding me? Uh, I have all these locations not found things on my computer that somehow, and I've tried to move things around and it's causing this. Holy frickin' frackin' fudgin'. Ah, that is the most painful thing all day. You're just hearing it purely inside of me right now. This is a very raw moment between us. All right, I need to move on. So you don't feel this way after you've sold your house, and you feel as though you got the best value and agents didn't take 6% when you didn't need to give it to them. You can use homie when selling a house. How's that for a transition statement right there? That's right, but this is true. This is pretty interesting. Homie, instead of doing the way it's been done over the years with their, where the real estate agents just get 6% no matter what the cost of your house is, instead, a homie has a simplified flat fee, $1,500 to list your house. That's right, $1,500 to list your house. That's it. Not any add-ons, none of this, none of that, none of these, none of those. The team of homie agents, lawyers, people are going to help you sell the house. And the data shows that what homie's been able to do is sell houses at faster than the master market value and above the market value with their systems. So what's really cool for you is you save all this money and all this equity. You're not losing things like I just did. And you're instead saving money, having increased equity. There's no reason to be giving away your money. When you're the ones who made the homes improvements or you made the good real estate investment, then give away the 6%. And Homie agrees with that. That's why it's $1,500 to do the same task no matter what. So why don't you text Homie at 88588. That's 88588 with the last name Lock. Text Lock to 88588. That's Lock to 88588 and find out more. Again, text Lock to 88588. The other thing you could lose along the way would be a great piece of meat on the grill. I'm trying to transition sentence all these things and try to make myself laugh right now when I really want to cry. Well, Barbecue Pit Stop is here to solve all those problems for you. Barbecue Pit Stop is the barbecue connoisseur, barbecue learning, barbecue beginning heaven. Heaven. It's expertise, it's selection, and it's barbecue friends for life. They have three locations. Layton, where the pitmaster and store manager is Kennedy. And when I say pitmaster, I mean 
a lover of barbecue, a guy who competes in competitions, a guy who wakes up, and when I'm thinking about the pick and roll, he's thinking about what sauces he can combine and what rubs he can combine. And in Salt Lake, there's Brian. He's the pit master and store manager. I'm talking about a guy who's trying, to, who's going to help you with a big piece of brisket, who's going to help you with your next great barbecuing task and make you the hero of the neighborhood. And in Lehigh, there's Clinton. He's the pit master and store manager there. It's the barbecue pit stop. It's a barbecue special shop with all the smokers and grills you ever could imagine for selection a wall of rubs 80 to 100 to 300 rubs of just different opportunities and you can mix and match and try and sample and barbecue sauces everywhere it is a barbecue connoisseur's dream come true but it's also the place that if you want to get into barbecue and have this amazing summer and be the hero of your children and your wife and the neighborhood that you go to because they have amazing selection they have great expertise they have classes in the Layton store check it out Layton Salt Lake and Lehigh it's the barbecue pit stop all right I'm still broken um and I'm going to try to continue with the show so the point of that little sequence was I think the good news is that here we are, the Jazz are, are making some play, are, are in the game, and then they really have just kind of a terrible sequence in the game. And I don't, you know, you kind of look at who made a lot of those mistakes. It's Rubio and Faves drops a ball, and Crowder misses some shots, and Donovan, a lot of that, some of those guys just haven't played a lot recently. And so maybe there's just, you know, you're out of rhythm. You're not used to it. You get a few days here. Quinn always talks about feeling the other team. I think you you know at that point in the third quarter what a hard time you're having scoring in the half court, so you're just feeling rushed to go get up the floor. You're not getting a lot of open looks. When you do get open looks, you're, I think you're feeling the urgency to get the open look. So I, I think hopefully some of that calms down. And maybe that makes this a little bit better ball game tonight. In regards to defending Harden, I don't have any idea the answer. In the second half, the Jazz closed that lane a little bit. Early in the game, when they were forcing him to his right hand, they jumped on that left side so early that the Jazz, a bunch of times they did it before the Jazz defense was set. All right, so you can you can do that a little bit better. The tricky one is that the Rockets, as I said yesterday and what I suspected when I rewatched the game. So if James Harden comes off a P.J. Tucker pick and roll, then then the Jazz actually have this pretty well defended. Favors kind of shadows it. If, If Tucker wants to pop, they're fine. But they don't do that very often. Usually it's just Harden going isolation. When Clint Capella... If Harden's coming isolation on the right side of the floor, this is, gets a little complicated on, on audio, but follow me. So let's say Harden's on the right side of the floor. We're pushing him to the right. Capella's on the left lower block. If there's a guy in the left corner, the Jazz have dealt with it okay. Not great, okay. And what they're doing is they're forcing Harden to his right. Capella... The guy who's on the, supposed to be on the corner three shooter is sliding into Capella's knees. 
Gobert's coming out, forcing Harden into the floater. You want Harden to shoot that floater. The problem was that our defensive player, who was forcing Harden right, wasn't attached to him enough to deny the pass to the corner. I don't know that you can be. But ideally, you would like to be. To deny the pass to the corner. And then force Harden into the floater. Too often, Harden's able to get that shot to the floater. Well, now your choices are P.J. Tucker's either shooting a corner three, pretty open, where he's good, or Eric Gordon shooting an above-the-break high quadrant three, where he's great. And those are not great choices. Your other choices are you're not shading Harden. He's taking the step back. That's a terrible choice. He's 1.2 points per step back. And... Or you're fouling Harden because you're trying to deny where he's going, and now he's going to the free throw line 16 times a game. He's 1.8 points per trip to the free throw line, or 1.6 points per trip to the free throw line. So these are not good choices. There's nothing good here. This is the difficulty. What really got tricky was to the credit of the Rockets, and you're playing a really well-coached good team as well, is that the... The Rockets moved Clint Capella all over the place. So the the diagram I just gave you is Harden's coming down. Capella's waiting on the baseline. Well, we can go find Capella. But a bunch of times the Rockets have Capella standing up on the other elbow or kind of pulled up free throw line extended. Now Capella's running in with Harden at the same time. Very difficult to drop somebody into Capella and to stop that roll. Very difficult. Even worse is when the Rockets do things where there's nobody on the same side as Capella. Now when there's no one on the same side as Capella... There's no one to come help and roll into Capella if Gobert is going to deal with Harden. I have a bunch of those clips. I can throw one or two of them out there. Like, who's there to help Rudy? No one. So what do you do? And to me, that's really the difficulty in this, is with the Rockets spacing and how they can move things, Trying to play this game where you're driving Rudy into, or Harden into Rudy into that floater is really, really difficult. And there's not, not a great answer. Chris Paul, I don't feel like Chris Paul killed us. Uh, they, they're they're built with really good shooters right now, so when they kick it out to PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, Daniel House, those are those are hard moments. Um, you know, those guys are all really good. You ideally want James Harden playing the floater game, and frankly, the Jazz got a lot of James Harden in the floater game, which. But at the same time, the cost of getting James Harden in that floater game was difficult. Harden ran 23 pick and rolls the other night. His point per pick and roll was .86. That's great. I mean, that really, that's great. In the isolation game that existed, 
Harden ran 29, averaged one point of possession. You know what? In the season, Harden averaged 1.12 points per possession. The real concern I have here is that as much as everyone tried to claim our defense didn't work the other night, and because it looked strange and felt weird and allowed 122 points, and Matt Moore and Adam Modis on Locked On Nuggets are mocking the Jazz for their great defense allowing 100. They actually did a pretty darn good job on Harden. The emphasis was Harden. And Harden answered the bell. And the Rockets have built a team that has enough firepower around it that they ended up with the third best shot quality of any team against us all season long while, frankly, bothering Harden. Kind of nutty. So that, to me, is where the difficulty lies here. We just walked through it. And the Rockets just have answers. The Jazz have got to find some sort of pick-and-roll game. Rubio was pretty good. In his 21 picks, the Jazz were .94. Donovan in his 26 picks was .50. That's terrible. And in our other 37, which I'm assuming most of them were Ingles, we were Ornetto, we were .42. That is just horrendous. So this comes back to the same thing we talked about all day yesterday, which is it really comes back to what you can do. Uh, on the offensive end. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. The crew at Murdoch Hyundai is doing great work. The car lineup is amazing. The SUVs, is the little Kona, the Tucson that's in the middle, and then I'm driving the Santa Fe. It's just a remarkable technology piece. I don't think you think of Hyundai as cutting-edge technology, but they do. They have the back door that automatically closes if a car is coming. They have incredible understanding on the Santa Fe I'm driving right now. It clearly knows if I'm on a curve and slows down a little bit. Stays in the lanes for me with lane assist. Just remarkable. Plus, you get the Murdoch family values of 90 years of Utah. You get the Murdoch no regrets policy as they'll take care of your oil changes, car washes for life, safety inspections, and give you all of the feelings that make it so special to be part of the Murdoch family. They're located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan, as well as in Linden. Stop on by, see Blake and Linden, see Jason at the Murray store, and stop by and say hi. Jason's kid does a little ski racing with my daughter. He sold us our Santa Fe that we bought uh, one year there. And say hi to Ben up in Logan. It's Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Make sure you put them on your list of cars you're going to look at. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. 
That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Uh, the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Show is on fire. It's the number one rated NFL show right now on iTunes. Uh, if you have not, if you're an NFL fan and you haven't tuned into it, it's really awesome. It's probably the best thing the podcast network has ever done. So it's locked on NFL draft. Uh, few thoughts on the Warriors before we exit. That's an incredible loss. I just rewatched some of it. There's two things I would say here. Um, there's two sides to the story. And I think it's reverberating largely here in Houston. I, I think that this still, like you lose a 31 point lead when you're divided and you're not together and you don't have that collective juice. Um, I, I think that's a fact. You don't build a 31 point lead if you don't have the most incredible set of talent and array of skills of anyone out there. Um, Wes Goldberg on Locked on NBA had a brilliant point. No one's beating the Warriors four out of seven. The question is whether or not the Warriors are going to make it that someone has to beat them four out of seven or whether the Warriors are going to upend themselves for one or two in a series and someone has to beat them three out of seven or two out of seven because the Warriors take care of the other one. And I think that's a great point by Wes Goldberg on Lockdown NBA. Ben Golliver had the point that you have five All-Stars. I know Cousins is now hurt. And you have... The, you have five all-stars. You have, you know, the greatest offensive time. And you don't win 60 games. You're an underachieving basketball team. That is an underachieving basketball team. It might be an underachieving basketball team that decides to go to the NBA Finals and win. But they are an underachieving team so far this year. DeMarcus Cousins is out. I don't really know the impact of that. None of this happens, by the way, if Curry doesn't get in foul trouble. 
that, you know, that, that Curry got in foul trouble, that changed that game. And so we're not talking about any of it, but that shouldn't break this team. It's an interesting situation. Houston was so awesome against us the other night, and then watching Golden State in the replay this morning, it's that's a contrasting two teams right now. Houston is dialed in, and Golden State is not. That's going to be, if we don't do something crazy and somehow upend these guys, that's going to be a hell of a second-round series because... There's been a conversation that has been rude to the Utah Jazz of whether the Rockets are better off getting the Warriors early in the playoffs. And I think the answer to that is yes. To Ben Golliver's point that this has been an underachieving team all year long, they're going to have to start overachieving or achieving to their equal level right away. All right, that is Locked on Jazz. Hopefully we'll have some fun stuff out of practice, some more stuff for you tomorrow. Some positive in there. Uh, but some also some real difficult uh, locked on sports will have a bunch of videos or pictures rejecting the screen has been retweeted by kobe dame lillard and vince carter so it's fair to say you should give it a shot i'm noah kozlov and i'm adam stanko rejecting the screen hits your feed every tuesday and thursday on tuesday we talk hoops and a little bit of life on thursday we go iso with a guest stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the nba with tales we promise you've never heard before find rejecting the screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button